This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com, and joining me for a match reaction to the final game of the 2020-21 season, Mr. Chris Budd and Mr. Phil Shaw. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello, mate. How you doing? All Hello. right. Not, not, not as good. Oh, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Mr. Shaw. Hello. Right, right at the back. Come forward. Come closer. Come yeah. closer, Phil. Come open, closer. Open the, open the cheap seats at the back. <laughs> You're lying. You weren't at Villa Park. <laughs> but Mr. Bud was. I was. So uh, we will get his insights, 3D insights, to uh, the game, which, uh, I, I mean, I mentioned this on the previous podcast. The end of this season had a f- similar feeling to that Gerard Houllier season where the final half uh, was kind of a bit of a mixed bag. And then the last two games uh, in the, in that season, we beat Arsenal and Liverpool out of nowhere. And here we are again, beating Spurs and Chelsea. And suddenly, uh, everything's hunky-dory, is it not? A really positive end to a, a largely positive season, if a bit frustrating in patches, but a really nice way to... You know, a really, really good last week, wasn't it? Two really good performances, two good wins, and as you said, yeah. everything feels a lot more rosy. So talk me uh, through uh, the protocols of uh, the COVID Villa Park Station. I mean, there was there was a new station. There was sanit- sanitation stations. Yeah. So how, how was it? Did you feel like you had your uh, civil rights impeded? or uh, Not was at all, it all right? actually. No, it was fine. I mean, I thought it might take a little while to get into the stadium. I was in my usual spot in the Upper Holton. So, of course, you've got – you have to go through – the initial sort of checks, which were, there was barely anything. They were meant to be doing photo checks on your tickets. There was none of that. There was talk that there might be temperature checks, none of yeah. that. Straight up the stairs, bit of a queue to get in the turnstile, but again, no, there was like one steward there, usual getting through the turnstile. Then once you got into the ground, you'd follow your, you had like a specific route up to your seat through the, right. through the new word of the week, vomitry. Did they give you a map? Uh, unfortunately not. I was hoping for one. Uh, but it was just, it's arrowed all the way in and then you, you literally get straight to the steps and up and, in, and straight to the stand. There's no sort of fanning around getting a drink or a bite to eat or anything. It's just, everything was shut straight up the cons concourse. No drinks delivered to your seat? No, unfortunately not. It's not like Australia. Yeah. And, then, and, and then just straight to my seat. And then um, I'd, I'd say about 50-50. Most people had a mask on and kept it on. Some didn't, each their own. But what, what was your mask of? 
Mine was just plain, <laughs> just a boring oh, plain Oh, mask. COVID masks. I thought you meant uh, like, no. uh, like masks to no, pretend. No, it wasn't, it wasn't they, Halloween. Yeah, um, that's what I thought. It. That's what I thought. Yeah, I had my, I had my Super League mask on. And um, <laughs> I, I would have had a, I would have had a Mexican wrestler mask on. I think. <laughs> and, uh, um, Phil, Phil would have had a gimp mask on. <laughs> I thought I saw Rogers in one before the game, actually. Oh yeah, yeah. If you saw one in the lower hold, that would have been him. Uh, I think. Yeah, Dan, who lives in the future, he seems to get videos of Villa goals out before they've even happened. He's the only person in the ground who could get a four G signal. But anyway. Well, you're not an EE. Apparently, I'm EE's yeah. uh, meant to be all right. Yeah, they're up and running. And O2's on its way. Although uh, Virgin are buying them out, are they not? Supposedly. But it answers your question. Do you know what? I felt comfortable. It didn't feel like people were taking liberties. Even when we scored, it wasn't like people in your space or anything. It was reasonably spaced out in the seats. But as you heard on telly and in the ground, it was a really, really good atmosphere. Very loud, considering it was. Yeah, only I was going to ask you about the actual atm- atmosphere. It was um, because I, I was my only concern was because people are spaced out. It might be hard to, you know, get songs going and stuff, uh, but no, it's, it, was, it, so- it sounded fine. Yeah, it was, it was loud. I mean, before the game, you had that initial burst, of course. When, when I got into the ground, probably maybe 20 minutes before kickoff, something like that. And it was, re- and it was there were songs constantly going then already. When I walked up to the ground up Trinity Road, you could hear the whole tent singing. So it was really positive. Obviously, Chelsea started well, but the fans kept with the, the team, got the goal, that, and then the place exploded. It was great for the first goal. Well, anyway, let's let's. Whoa, 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 whoa. You ask a question, you get an answer. Right, let's get into the game. Enough of the. We've all been to Villa Park before, haven't we? I'm joking. I forgot about the game. Actually, let's let's get into this game. I mean, context. It was kind of interesting. It was kind of relevant, more from a Chelsea point of view. They had to win, really, to 100% secure top four finish, so they'd qualify in the Champions League. Take the pressure off them a little bit. Uh, in terms of the final, although I'm sure they'll want to uh, beat Manchester City in that. So uh, Leicester, ha- if Leicester beat Spurs, then uh, that's when uh, there would be a bit of a b- bit of trouble because you would expect Liverpool to beat uh, Palace, and they did. Uh, while Villa, not nothing really. Uh, to achieve I mean I think it was more let's see if we can harness uh, the home support to actually flip this uh, phenomena of away form being like the new home form this season and I think we actually pretty much did I mean we'll we'll discuss it as we get into it but the first uh, I had a good feeling going into this game I and mean, we spoke about this uh, in match club but I had a good feeling going into this game but then that good feeling evaporated after the first 20 minutes <laughs> they were just when, dominant weren't they when this like machine just appeared and just uh, had us on the back foot and uh, I think I said in Match Club it was like that uh, is it the T-1000 or whatever in Terminator 2 yeah. <laughs> that just keeps coming and coming and coming and you just can't stop the damn thing yeah and there was an air of inevitability about it at the start yeah it was very uh not the stereotype, old school German teams, you know, they just kept going at it. And the only part of the, those old German teams that was missing was the finishing because both Timo Werner and Mason Mount missed shocking chances. They were nearly easier to score, both of them. Yeah, Mount especially had a great chance. But other than that, um, the Villa defence coped well. They got the blocks in, they got the tackles in, and they did get it up to Watkins to, to, to try and hold it up. But um, Thiago Silva was definitely showing his class today. Do you think there was a case of, uh, I mean, Chelsea were thinking, like, let's start fast and let's finish this, and then we can ease off and yeah. see the game out and I think so. uh, concentrate on the Champions League final, obviously. I think, I think so. I think so. 
I mean, full marks to uh, Villa for holding out because, uh, I mean, it was a key period of the game because I think it would have panned out exactly as we just uh, mentioned there. Once once they went ahead, it would have been very hard to uh, get back into this. I think the big thing was we, we held our shape really well. Villa were obviously very well drilled. I think the fact that we had Conzer at right back instead of maybe a traditional right back meant that we always had a flat back four. You know, Conzer didn't venture forward all yeah. too often which I think meant that we always had someone to cover Chilwell, who I thought had, well, A, he had a good game, but I think B, we we let him have a good game because I think Traore, while he was involved in a lot of what we did well, I think actually he, Chilwell had the beating of him, let's be honest. One of the issues, and it actually came to bite us uh, in the end, although luckily we were 2-0 up by then, is that when you play a centre-back at right-back, there's a certain passage of the uh, the play where they do naturally drift in a bit narrower. Yeah. And that allows uh, the fullback of the opposition to obviously do the old drifting in on the far post routine, pretty much unmarked. So unless uh, Trore's picking him up, and if Konza has come in to a more central position to defend, that's that's the danger there. And that, and that actually did play out. Uh, but anyway, before we get to that, uh, Villa taking the lead. I mean, we've been berating the lack of... Uh, well, just effective corner, and uh, let's say, so let's say taking Set pieces cor- in general. Yeah, but yeah. specifically taking corners in an effective manner, where actually you, you've got a percentage chance of getting something from it. And this one was obviously uh, worked, and uh, target took a corner, and suddenly uh, Drury came off his position, and suddenly he was in. He just had the freedom of the eighteen-yard box, didn't he? And the finish was completely bizarre because it, it, it was very disgusted. strange. <laughs> it almost like lashed it, but he scuffed it at the same time, and it kind of looped up and came in off the bar because that should have been a a, a Howitzer top hand corner, you know, Bing Bang Bosh bulging net. But it had the same effect, but in a kind of a weird archy <laughs> fashion. It was bizarre. Yeah, obviously, because of where I sit in the. <laughs> The whole end, I was pretty much right behind the shot, and you kind of think, What's just happened there? Like, we, we, <laughs> where's that going? Because yeah, it looks goes, like it's going over it from certain almost, angles. When he, when he, the way he attacks it, you think he's almost going to hit it straight back the way it came, and then he sort of cuts <laughs> across it so much. That, and it's one of those ones where the goalie, as soon as it leaves his foot, the goalie thinks, Oh, fuck, I'm in trouble here. Yeah, and obviously, he goes off injured, doesn't he? Because I think he collides with the post, if I'm right in saying, hurt his rib. It probably um, hurt his brain as well, trying to yeah. work out what was coming at him. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a great moment, you know, considering we'd soaked up so much pressure. There'd obviously been Traore had a half chance. McGinn had had a good chance where he, he drove through. And we'd had another opening where we actually, I think Watkins had run through and taken the wrong option. But actually, we took the hardest chance of the half. And and instantly, you know, I mean, the ground erupted for starters. But you could see Chelsea were rocked. Yeah. Oh, yes. Because they gave away, I think it was two, it might have even been three yellow cards in quick succession. Well, your man your man Grealish uh, was helping out there because he, yeah. he was kind of needling away at them. All I game, mean, yeah. uh, you, you're watching it and you, you're seeing the close-ups and he's, you know, he's kind of giving every player shit from, I mean, he, not, he tried to cut Mountain half <laughs> at one stage and then he was giving him verbals after that and he was doing it all the time and I was, I was thinking, this is actually good because it's really winding up the Chelsea players and they they just lost their rag they couldn't handle it and that's where that's suddenly where you've got the dif- difference of having a proper home crowd because they yeah. you know the crowd join in on that and uh temp- you know 
tempers and uh you, you know Chelsea really found it hard to keep their cool they yeah. were being wound up on the pitch uh, from the sidelines and it pl- all played a big part and, and they were still working out how the fuck Traore scored that goal as well mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a perfect storm yeah we've, yeah we've all spoken about it haven't we all season that thing of when there's fans in the ground those momentum shifts can be quicker or more pronounced than in a sterile environment. And I think that's what yeah. happened. You saw Villa for probably from about the 40-minute mark to about 55 minutes and when they got the penalty in the second goal. Villa were probably the better team for that small period, but that's where was, was when the game was won. If you look at Chelsea's record, uh, away record, I mean, un- under the, the current manager, you know, they haven't lost thing in eight games but you you saw why in that first 20 minutes but Brilliant. in a sterile environment where they can actually play like that that's all well and good but when you you know you get under their skin give them something to think about with that goal and then you riling them up on and off the pitch suddenly it's not easy street like they used to no exactly because i mean the the top four big six whatever you want to call them they're so used to having things go their own way i mean even the slightest uh, i mean you saw pep whenever um he had a player sent off at Villa Park. He went mental because this just doesn't happen to his his teams. And it was nearly the same today. I mean, they're almost like toddlers whenever a, like a decision goes against them. They just can't believe it. And it really gets into their head. And it's like I like you said, Jack was giving them verbals the whole game. And you saw him getting it like Reese James and players like this. And they're just not used to it. They're not used to anything like this. Yeah, with- Mings was winding him up. Did you see that when, when we had a yeah. corner? Yeah, and he just, him, he just he? laughed at him, yeah. You got these Chelsea players thinking, who, who are this team that are like so far behind us to do this to us? And like it's like that's exactly what you need to do. You need to sort of level the playing field. But it's almost in like in the last game of the season. Finally, all the things that we've been highlighting throughout a season of podcasts were all being uh, ticked off from the corner, from the uh, you know the needling and being let's say shit housery, throwing a bit of shit housery about, and then uh, also. You know, come on, let's. Uh, since every other f- bloody team does it to us, play for the penalty. And yep. uh, old Drury, perfect in that respect. There's this that same issue that we've been talking about. Get it in that grey area where you leave your leg dangling. They have to touch it, but you have to give it as a penalty because. Yeah. Those are the rules. Yeah. Grealish had had one maybe a couple of minutes earlier as well where he really drove into the box and you could see they all went, whoa, hang on a minute. Yeah. And they all sort of put their hands behind their back and they, they almost tensed up because they didn't want to either commit a leg or put a hand out. They knew that Jack would play for the penalty because he's clever. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you know, I'm against all this diving crap and whatever, but we're, we're in a uh, by any means necessary territory now because everybody does it. So, yeah. you know... Just let's join the party. So, uh, Trore, who is fast becoming the best player we've ever bought, <laughs> <laughs> did the job, won the penalty. Al Ghazi, who, according to uh, historical uh, Villa folklore, never misses a penalty, and uh, and he never puts it in the same place, does he? No. Nope. And uh, two nil up, happy days. But you always felt that Chelsea still had enough. You thought, well, we might need three here. Which is where we bring in the uh, the context at the start. They were obviously, uh, they've got to play the, the Champions League final. So this is a bit of a hindrance that they haven't sorted out their top four position. So they always had one eye on that Leicester game. Leicester, 1-0 up. Then it was 1-1. Then they went 2-1 up. And you thought, well, fucking hell, Chelsea are in the shit here. And at halftime, I said, uh, I think what we need here is less, when we're 1-0 up, Leicester to score the first goal in the second half. So they're 2-1 up. That will open up Chelsea. They'll have to come at us because they'll have to beat us. One, you know, a draw, probably not enough. And uh, that kind of played out and uh, we scored again. 
But then Leicester just uh, imploded 2-2. And once the news that there were 3-2 down got to Chelsea, they just went, whoa, 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 we don't need, you know, foot off the gas, lads, it's yeah. over. We don't, we're not bothered about this result anymore. And uh, you, you saw, I mean, you saw the players on the touchline, the, the Chelsea players doing that. I think Mason Mount was doing it, and as well as the manager. Sorry, once I saw Spurs take the lead at Leicester, I thought, yeah, I think we're all right here now. It was late enough in the day, so there were, there was a lot of of Chelsea pressure just to come on especially whenever they brought on Havertz um, and just sacked off their midfield uh, because Havertz the money he cost and everything else he he was causing problems and Ziyech as well getting into those sort of those positions where I mean we had said before that everybody attacks down the right hand side well today the the, the Mali target got to work over as well because they doubled up and trebled up on him as well yeah. He had a really good game, you know, it was very deserving. Obviously before the game he got players player of the season and you saw why today because he maybe didn't get to do any of the attacking work he would have liked to, but defensively he just stuck to his task because he, he he did as you said he got a real working over as did Conza on the other side who didn't get much help from Traore because I thought Chilwell had a had a well he had a good game but I think he had a a nice run out for him where he thought yeah I can just bomb on here I don't have to worry too much about tracking back. What was the uh, the reaction to these awards? They were good. I mean, it was a strange one because they did it before the game, right when the players are focused on their warm-ups. So Martinez, yeah. obviously, the keepers can be a little bit more relaxed. He was yeah, heading why didn't in. they he, do he, it at the end of the game? I didn't get that. No, it was it was a strange one. Almost like it was all a bit sort of thrown together last minute. Chuck Mueker obviously got his. They all they all got good good um you know, good tributes from the from the crowd. Um, but it was kind of a, as as you said, a strange end to the game. You know, the, the stoppage time kind of all petered out. Chelsea couldn't be bothered, and we didn't need to. Ch- as a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B two B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B two B either. That's why if you're a B two B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Guys, how was the reaction to uh, Chuck Moeka coming on? Really good. Yeah, really good. He'd obviously won the Academy Player of the Year as well. And um, it was kind of a... Strange performance for him because I think they just put him and Ramsey on for kind of fresh legs. So he put himself around, he chased a lot, but didn't get a lot 
of opportunities. I think he had one half chance where he thought, actually, if he could have got a shot away, he might have had a real chance to score, but couldn't get the Yeah, shot I mean, he had, he had nine touches. Uh... Very, very difficult game, isn't it, for a young player to come in on when you've got a you know multiple world-class midfielders really popping their ball around at pace. You're not yeah. up to I was, the, temp- I was quite, the tempo quite, of the game. quite surprised he got 18 minutes, actually. Ramsey got yeah, 12 same. minutes, uh, hardly touched the ball. I think he got three touches. Uh, but uh, no, it was it was interesting to see him get that. I, I thought, you know, he might get another five, 10 minute job, but... Uh, Especially with, you know, bigger fish to fry yeah, against Liverpool s- in the final. He's got silverware to focus on the yes. very next day. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, yeah, that was it. Was yeah, it was interesting him getting uh, that extra time uh, because if he gets injured in this game against Chelsea, then, <laughs> then suddenly uh, it's like, oh shit, we've just cost ourselves potentially the youth cup. But I think with the week he's had, he goes into that game, you know, really confident, doesn't he? Now he's thinking, right, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a first team player now. I belong. I'm, I'm the man. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And if, if, if rumours are to be, be believed that the European teams are scouting him, he's like, it just shows. No, there is a route for you here straight through into the first yeah, team because you've I, already I, done. Yeah, 100%. It'll give a lot of the youngsters confidence as well. Somebody we haven't really mentioned yet, but uh, was who was one of the stars of the show was Mr. Marvellous Nakamba. Superb. Who Superb. has been putting in very good performances against these bigger teams. He just does his job, doesn't he? He's what you'd call a proper number six. You know, Louise is more of a silky ball player, but against teams like that, when you know you're not going to have a lot of the ball, you need someone who can just get stuck in, break things up. The amount of blocks he had and, um, you know, breaking the game up on the edge of the penalty area and just picking it up, giving it to Jack or getting it out, you know, into the corners to what for Watkins to chase. It was just a really hard working, gutsy display from all of them really, but I, I think Marvellous got man of the match, didn't he? And I think that was yeah. probably probably the right shout, to be honest. And you know, you can you can hold a yellow card as well. It doesn't really perturb him, does it? No. But so do you think it's a case of uh Mixing it up, let's say Louise is with us next yeah. season. Uh, mixing it up with those two, it's like horses for courses. When you're playing like Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea, Nakamba's in. When you're playing your Norwich, maybe Norwiches and uh, who else? Watford, maybe Louise. But can you? Who, who? Because the thing about when Nakamba plays, I think you play Louise further forward. Yeah, but when Nakamba plays, I'm talking about who? Who? Who does he take the place? Because when Nakamba plays, McGinn has more of a license, and we see a better version of John McGinn. Yeah. We certainly we just look more balanced, don't we? With with Nakamba for me. So what are you saying playing Louise and Nakamba at the same time? I think it's just an option, maybe if like a McGinn's not available. Or if well, you yeah, want to I mean, both... play Jack out wide, because obviously Jack played in the ten role this week, didn't he, all through those games in both yeah. both the Spurs and the Chelsea games. But I don't see uh who's the full guy. No, no, not at the moment. I think if, we'll, we'll, to we'll play probably, both for them. Yeah, I think we'll probably need to revisit that once the transfer window sort of kicked yeah. in the gear, and, and we'll see who's who's staying, who's going, if there is anybody coming in, because the pieces are there. It's just a matter of putting them in the right place. Yeah, yeah, because it's, then it raises the question: if Grealish is uh, to be number ten, uh, sorry, playing in the ten position, mm-hmm. what does that mean for you know Sanson, for example? Well, he's, he's, he's does he have, have to, to be a backup? When he's going to have to earn his rights. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a long way off. And I wouldn't start him at this point. From what, based yeah. on what we've seen, I wouldn't start him. But no. if he has a good preseason, then you know we may learn uh, more about him, so to speak, in terms of his potential. Yeah. Uh, great save from Martinez late on. Unfortunate he couldn't keep that uh, Chilwell 
goal out. He did a great effort, didn't he? Good effort. I mean, when you looked in the replay from the side, it was like, oh, that's fucking well over, but nice try to pretend it uh, didn't go over the line. Yeah, from the other end of the stadium, you <laughs> thought, wow, what a save. How on earth he kept that out? And then obviously <laughs> signals the goal, which is a real shame. But yeah, he had a good game. He commanded them well. And yet again, the, the, generally speaking, I think the back four and the defensive midfielders, they did really well. It was a good collective defensive performance. Again, yeah, so let's we- be honest, you know, I, I, I think I mentioned this in the previous pod. You know, we beat Liverpool, who were a you know a, a world class team, but they didn't play remotely well. We played, yeah. we beat Arsenal. They were crap. Spurs were crap. This is, I would say, this is the first time we've beat one of the real, like, what you call like an A list club, and they were on top of their game. I thought Chelsea were really fucking good. Yeah, I mean, they had seventy one percent possession. Yeah, they're which, very, uh, very talented players. When I mean, you look at what they bought off the bench, that's the best part of like 160, 170 million pounds worth of subs. Yeah, yeah. So this is a great feather in our cap. I mean. Yeah. You know, they, they did ease off at the end, but it was only very late on because yeah. that, uh, Le- you know, Leicester only started to flunk out in the uh, the final minutes yeah. of that game against Spurs. And then, and the red card was just bizarre for a, a captain to do that as well when he really didn't need to. It's yeah, just, that's just when, a stupid decision. It's when you know you've won it, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. think so. It was, but the needle in the whole game, then he, he broke him. Yeah, because yeah, I did. thought that, as, as I said uh, in Match Club at half time, if. Uh, that first half would have gone on for another five ten minutes. I think they might have seen red yeah. before because yeah. they they were all they were they just lost their discipline, which was uh, mm-hmm. kind of strange and not not a great sign for them. But uh, but yeah, no, it was it was all those all those doubts we've had about this team, all these question marks, and and they've they kind of uh, dealt with them head on in this game. Yeah, against against it's probably our best win, I would say. Uh, in terms of in terms of standard of opposition and yeah. in it not looking like a freak result, you know the Liverpool one was such a bizarre anomaly. Was the you know, the, the Chelsea win is one that I think has to go right near the top. You know the Liverpool one will get all the headlines, but I think the Chelsea yeah. one's probably the number two win of the season for me. Because the Liverpool one, it's like we set up a trap for them. I mean, I was just, pretty, our game plan just worked pretty obvious what the, what the trap yeah. was, and it, and they just went. They, it was like they, they went straight into it. Yeah, and we picked them off. This one was like the first 20 minutes, you're like, how the fuck are we going to stop this? <laughs> and we just dug in. It's like relentless. I just looked at our team and just thought, oh, God, it's so weak compared to this machine that's coming at us. That, what can that, we do? That's what foot, football's <laughs> like. I mean, it all comes down to taking your chances. I mean, we were like that in the first half against Burnley, against Brighton and teams like that, and we just didn't take the chances. And then if you leave them alive, the other team always comes back into it. Well, we had, and uh, you know, we've called him a wild card all season, and uh, you know, he sprinkled some magic, and that that turned the tide. So, are we now? Are we happy to have Trore because he's been a mixed bag, and uh, nobody's really committed to saying that you know we like him, even let's say a good signing. So, what 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 are we saying? I like him. I think it's a big year for him next year because you're looking for consistency. I mean, but you're not going to get that. For, you're not going to get that from a madman or genius mm-hmm. type player. I mean, it summed him up. <laughs> I'll, 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 I've got two examples. Obviously, you know, he, has, he scores the goal, which was a strange one, but fair play. He wins you the penalty. So you think most actually, of his goals are strange. Yeah. So <laughs> the, t- the two big moments in the game he's involved in, but then we had two really great breakaways down the right hand side. Konza, who barely got forward, he was very disciplined, but on the two occasions he did, he had a great overlap with a really easy ball and he failed to find him and that kind of sums him up the two sides of him yeah i mean i i, I if he I could like, do the easy things well he'd yeah. be a brilliant player and that's that's his uh, achilles heel really is is the easy things because he can do things that you haven't seen before 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, can do, he can do things that no other player in the pitch, I'm even including Grayson, that can do. I mean, I still go back to that sort of trick against Everton, the, just the simplicity of it and the sort of like nonchalance to extend on, like sprawling on the ground. Nobody else would even try that. And, you know, this is the kind of stuff that you pay your money. He's fun, isn't he, though, ultimately? He's yeah, fun to fun. watch. Yeah, it's fun. You pay your money to see is like you want a bit of fun. You want something that's a bit different and you need you want to see football players express themselves when most of them are just, you know, these kind of, they're in the gym, they're athletes and they run around like crazy and it's all about numbers and metrics and how many miles you've run. But with him, it's like he can give you something that will add a bit of levity in your heart as you're walking away, you know, from the whole, just giggling to yourself of what you've just seen. And he, and he has a tendency to pop up in big games or big moments. It's, yeah, he it's does. Kind of, it's yeah. kind of strange. And, you know, we've obviously got a few players who can, who can do that. Obviously, Jack did it on a couple of occasions. He had a couple of really great bursts forward. I don't think it was his best game against Chelsea, but he showed little glimpses of you know, if he can get fully match fit again, I think he'll, you know, you know, we've seen all season what a player he can be. And he was, you saw little bits of that against Chelsea. And that- As Ron, Ron Atkinson uh, once said, uh, Aston Villa need to play with a bit of glitter. Yeah. And uh, I think Traore uh, has ticked the box. I mean, there was reservations. Leon fans were kind of uh, slagging him off. I think that's mainly because of the inconsistency. But I'm kind of happy with him because I think in terms of like tools in your toolbox, he's something that's completely different. And uh, going forward, we might be in a spot where, yeah, let's let's look into the future. You know, we're in okay. the champion, Champions League final and we're, we're locked in Bayern Munich and it's like, nil-nil or one-one with like 10 minutes to go that's when you bring him on if he's not on already he'll give you something for them to think about when we're subbing off an aging Lionel Messi uh, well he's he's too old past it now isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he, he, won't, he won't get in the team above El Ghazi now when Haaland's had a nightmare <laughs> yeah when 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 Haaland's shooting blanks for Villa that's when you bring in Traore between them him and El Ghazi have uh, rattled up a few goals have they not yeah, Traore especially. I mean, he's contributed seven goals in the Premier League and six assists. Now, compare that with El Ghazi. He's got 10 goals in the Premier League, but he's got no assists. So he needs to catch up in assists and Traore needs to catch up in goals. But if the two of them could get into sort of like competition with each other and sort of get that vibe going, it would be it would be good moving forward. But 17 goals between those two players, that's not a bad return, is it? No. Definitely not. And if you'd have said that at the start of the season, I don't think anybody would have anybody would have complained. I mean, there's there's all kinds of things going around on Twitter where the number of goals varies by one or two, but they're saying Traore has more goals than, than like people like Foden and players like that. So these are just uh, comparisons that are that are convenient. Just to you know, they're just like I support Aston Villa comparisons. You bigging up your own team. I mean, Foden's hardly played, has he really? But uh, in terms of who's lacking, I think it's. Perhaps uh, your central midfielder players in terms of goal return. Yeah, probably. And centre-backs uh, as well. They yeah, need a couple I, I, more I, I each. Think, uh, I think McGinn would have liked to chip in a little bit more. I think he's obviously played a different role at times. I think you wonder what stats Jack would have had if he'd obviously had the whole season. Yeah. His, his were pretty ridiculous for that first sort of two-thirds that he played. Um, and as you said, the centre-backs, full-backs are always difficult, but if they can chip in, you know, you look at Chilwell. Chilwell, Chilwell got into dangerous areas a lot. Yeah. Um, you, you're kind of hoping that, you know, your centre-backs can maybe hit four or five each. Yeah, yeah. Around that. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's like a pretty decent return, by the way. Like, yeah. Uh, or one of them at least getting uh, around five. 
And I'm, I'm, I don't mean five own goals like Richard Dunn. <laughs> <laughs> Smith was pretty happy with the results. So he said it's an ideal way to end the season. We came up against a very good team today and gave everything for the shirt. Disappointed we could not get the record of clean sheets for Martinez, although he did try to uh, get that ball back over the line ASAP. Uh, he made some good saves, and for all the possession Chelsea had, he made comfortable saves. He has a magnificent signing and is well-respected in the dressing room. I would say him and Mings are those kind of senior figures in the in that team. Grealish leads by example. Perhaps McGinn does, to a certain extent. I'd, I'd just like to have another, I don't know, what do, you, what do you want to call it, father figure or whatever. It's like, a cap- it's like captains, isn't it, basically? Yeah. yeah, just another captain further up the field as well. Because uh, Watkins is kind of the quiet, get on with the job type. By the way, I'll, I'll mention about him very quickly that when you're in the stadium, you realise the guy's work ethic. Yeah, doesn't you don't he doesn't sort of do it justice. Obviously, on the, the telly, you get the highlights and you you see when the ball comes to him. But he's constantly on the move, and he was up against you know, a very good a very good back four against Chelsea. But he um you know he had a difficult afternoon. But you can see there's definitely a player there, and I'd be. I'd be quite surprised now, actually, if Southgate didn't take him to the Euros because he offers you something, as you've said numerous times, guys, about he's like a bit like a Jamie Vardy. He's that little terrier who'll run around and just chase everything. Yeah, doesn't give up. He's an interesting option. Yeah, he's got real heart and... And if you were playing against him, it would be, you wouldn't get any respite. It'd be a pain pain to play against as a centre-back for sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you if you compare him to Bamford, who's probably his main competition, I'm not taking Bamford. He's just a prime mark Harry Kane. You know, he's that, that sort of player. He's playing sort of in between 9 and 10. Watkins is a real different option. So, I mean, when you go to tournament football, that's what you're looking. I wouldn't be that nasty towards Bamford. I mean, he's a prick, but... In a villa context, but I think he, you know, he's, he's a decent finisher and he's... I mean that you know the goals he scored against Villa were like top top level. Some of his the little chip and whatever. Yeah, I wouldn't really call him prime mark, but I th- I don't know. I don't think he's uh, like a main man. I just I don't think he offers England anything that they don't have from a few of the people. Yeah, because he's a straight down the middle striker. I think Watkins you can you can play him in a couple of different roles or yeah, different kind of games. Watkins as well. is more of a kind of a weapon to be used. You know, he's not going to be a starter. Let's be honest. But and we and we are more than well stocked in wide areas. So. We shall yeah. see. I think the squad's obviously announced in the next next few days. Tuesday, I think. Yep. Right, anyway, I think that's all we uh, have to say on this game. We'll uh, do a, a proper longer show uh, where we'll talk about it, probably in the context to uh, everything else, because it's a good scalp to have, and that's add it to the, uh, the list that includes Liverpool, Arsenal, and Spurs, Leicester as well. Not that they're anybody, because they always fade right at the end. Well, we've taken you know, six points off Arsenal. You know, you've taken four off Chelsea. You know, a very good Chelsea side beating Liverpool. Should have probably taken four points off Liverpool as well, to be frank. But we yeah. did in the game there. At least uh, we end on an upbeat uh, manner. So uh, yeah. we will do a uh, final show of the season in a few days. Let's uh, enjoy this victory first. And until then, and we will uh, have further shows throughout pre-season as well, we're not going anywhere, folks. So until the next one, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.